Hi, this is Norman Reedus, and you're listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. The world we know is gone. No Google, no Amazon.com, no email, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. And welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 14. Really big show tonight. Uh, we're very excited to have our interview with Norman Reedus, Mr. Daryl Dixon himself. And he's a boondock saint as well. This is John. I have with me Jordan and Jim. How's it going, everybody? Howdy, howdy. Yeah, we're a little light on uh, podcasters tonight. We were planning on including this interview with a whole bunch of other TS-19 stuff, and then some scheduling issues kind of got in the way. So the three of us are jumping on, and we're going to uh, do some stuff, and then we're going to run the interview, and then next week we will have TS-19 Part 2, and that will include all of the voicemails and emails that we've been holding on to for the finale. So again, fret not. I know we promised it would be this week, but the interview kind of changed things around, which is great. We're very happy to have it. You guys did a great job, and uh, we will talk about that in a minute. And that means our listeners have a whole extra week to get in their comments about TS-19. Yeah, and the season in general. I mean, at this point, I would say next week will be our like final season one wrap-up. We'll cover TS-19 feedback, and we'll cover any other feedback that you might have for the season, and we'll talk about what we're going to do in the off-season. Because we've got some big stuff planned. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we made some great contacts, and we're hoping that uh, these surprise interviews will kind of become regular. So please stay on and uh, keep subscribed for the off-season. And I've also noticed that AMC has been still semi-regularly showing the episodes. Uh, so if you didn't get a chance to see them the first time or if you want to watch them again, you missed out on DVRing them or whatever, uh, you should be able to catch them again. And we'd love to hear comments uh, you know, on second or third viewings, too. Also, they're rerunning the entire first three seasons of Breaking Bad at the moment to get people up to speed in time for season four. If you have not checked out Breaking Bad, uh, one of the best shows on television, if not. Uh, it's some of the episodes, it, one episode last season was literally the best hour of television I've ever seen. So check it out. So what kind of news do we have since last time? You know, I guess things are kind of winding down at this point, but I know a couple of things had come out, didn't they, Jordan? Sure. Well, first off, AFI, you're familiar with the American Film Institute, of course. They put out their top lists for every year. They have their 100 best movies of all time. They're big on top whatever lists. Uh, they have released their top movies, television, and special awards of the year. And this year, the top television programs are... The Big C, Boardwalk Empire, Breaking Bad, Glee, Mad Men, Modern Family, The Pacific, Temple Grandin, 30 Rock, and The Walking Dead. So all three of AMC's big shows showing up on the best programs of the year list. That's really cool. You know, I'm just happy. Listen, we knew we were going to love it. We knew the people that were into the comic book, you know, supernatural horror genre were going to love it. But the general TV audience and the critics love it, 
which is like it blows me away. I, I should also point out it's last on that list, but it's also an alphabetical list. So for anyone going, why is it so low on the top list of the sh- shows of the year? It's alphabetically. Alphabetical. Alphabetical. Please line up alphabetically in accordance with your height. Our second bit of news is that the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, has released their nominations for WGA awards. And for this year, their new series uh, nominations are Boardwalk Empire, Justified, Men of a Certain Age, Treme, and The Walking Dead. So give it up to Walking Dead there for their nomination. Hopefully they'll, they'll win that one. I really like Justified. Justified's a, it's a good show as well. I haven't thought about it in a long time. Is that starting up uh, relatively soon? It must be. I'm trying to think when last season started. I want to. Did, it ran over summer, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. So, so it'll probably show up around uh, May ish. But yeah, that that's a good one as well. I haven't checked out Boardwalk Empire yet, although I want to. Men of a certain age isn't really in my wheelhouse. And Treme, I've heard good things, but I don't know. Nothing stands out for it for me. Have you guys checked out any of those other ones? I watch Boardwalk Empire. It is not a Sopranos replacement, but it is good uh, mobster television set in the 1920s in Atlantic City. It has, uh, it has historical characters as the leads, you know, but I don't know how much uh, historical fact takes place. Um, it's just stories told with those people. Right. Uh, but it's cool. It, it, it's good TV. It's, it's not, uh, it didn't blow me away. It was a little slow getting going. But I haven't watched the finale yet, which I heard was really, really good. So I tell you, a lot of times the first season of a show, I'm like, ah, it's all right, all right, it's getting there. They're kind of getting spinning their wheels a little bit. And then the finale really, like, kicks butt. And that's what leads me, you know, gets me all ramped up for the second season, which is exactly what happened with Justified, actually. Yeah, that, that had a good finale as well. Uh, our third and final bit of news before we get into the the uh, the interview and all that kind of stuff Uh we have confirmation, I, I guess, now for the DVD date. You want to tell us about that, John? Yes, March 8th is officially the release date for the Blu-ray and DVD set. Um, it is verified right now on Amazon.com. And we did want to mention that if you're planning on pre-ordering uh, those sets, or if you're ordering any DVDs, uh, from Amazon, we have an Amazon link on WalkingDeadTV.com, and if you can go to Amazon through our link, uh, that helps us out a lot. They give us a tiny, tiny percentage uh, for the advertising that we're doing for Amazon. Um, so if you guys are going to order the the Walking Dead set or any other set anyway, if you could go to the website via Walking Dead TV, that would really help us out with our expenses for the show. You know, it's a lot easier for people to do it that way than to donate. I understand money is tight for everyone. So if you want to help us out without really feeling it, you can just go to Amazon through Walking Dead TV by using the link. And we get a tiny, tiny little portion of what you buy from Amazon. Right on. And, of course, we don't want to forget our sponsors, DCBService.com. If you are interested in picking up the trade paperbacks of the book, if you're interested in picking up the single issues that are going to be releasing soon, if you're interested in picking up the 12-issue books, the 24-issue collections, or the 48-issue collections of The Walking Dead, if you like the show, haven't read the book but want to, Check out dcbservice.com. That's our sponsor. And right there, you can get those books on deep discounts. And you can get a special 
extra discount if you enter the code in WD8 when you go to checkout. So check out DCBService.com. Get all your Walking Dead stuff. Check out some of the other great comics they have there, and you can get a special discount on top of their already great discount by mentioning that you listen to the show. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And for anybody who's, you know, on Twitter, I'm noticing a lot of people now that they've gotten through the first season. They can't believe they have to wait 10 months for next season to start up. So they're thinking of, uh, you know, curing their itch by starting up on the comics. It's not even close. Don't don't go to Borders or Barnes and Noble and pay, you know, 15 bucks for every trade or uh, you know, thirty bucks for the hardcover. I think it might be sixty bucks for the compendium. I mean, DCB service is going to get you thirty-five to forty percent off on every book. You put in the WD eight, you're going to get an extra eight percent, and you're going to save a ton of money. Trust us, we do the comic book thing, and and that's the way to go. And if you like The Walking Dead and you finish that up, it's you know it's about 80 issues right now, so that'll take you a little while. But you can also check out Robert Kirkman, the writer of uh, Walking Dead's Invincible, is going to be on there. And check out, like I said, there's tons of great comics. I'm a big fan of Lock and Key right now from IDW. Anything that's out there, you're going to be able to get it from DCBS uh, and at a great discount. Well, Jim, we have talked enough for the time being. Would you like to go through some of our new iTunes reviews from the last time we recorded? Well, when I'm on the air with silver-tongued devils like you, I like to let you elocute. Uh, Yes, we have some really awesome iTunes reviews, as always, from some of our wonderful listeners, including Dr. Mirage, who gives us five out of five entertainmos. I'm not sure what an entertainmo is, but I think that's pretty good. I believe it's Latin. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> then uh, we also got awesome podcast from SA7 Fire they write that uh, they really like the podcast for the TV show they haven't read comics for about 7 years now and this series actually got me back into reading them again so welcome back to the fold our friend <laughs> uh, Deadpool fan also gives us 5 stars and says this is a podcast <laughs> I have to say this is one of my top podcast shows I enjoy 5 out of 5 stars now run walkers very nice I, I love tautological statements in our reviews. It's per, it, it, this is a podcast. <laughs> this is the I most love, recent tautological a, statement I've made today. Is that a shout out to Marcel Duchamp? Anyway, um, okay, I'm a little too hip for the room right now. And we got the Milford uh, giving us uh, four out of five stars. I'm a newbie to The Walking Dead and now a hardcore fan. I've watched all six episodes in the span of a few days on my iPhone. And I can honestly say this is my favorite show ever. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Mil- Milford. We, uh, we are really enjoying it as well. And then finally, we got uh, grade A, five out of five stars uh, from uh, Killing Mitchell. Thank the gods. This podcast is epic. By far the, the best Walking Dead podcast out there. I don't know anyone who is a fan of the show or comic, and it's nice to listen to your guys' outlook and honest opinions on the show, especially since you have a lot of knowledge on the subject. Looking forward to season two and more podcasts. And so are we. And then finally, Killing Mitchell asks, brains? I, I gotta say, I feel sorry for Mitchell being killed and all that. I don't, I don't know what he did to deserve it. <laughs> well, that's well, awesome. Uh, once again, the, the iTunes reviews are fantastic. They help get us noticed and put on front pages and, and spotlighted in iTunes, uh, which is great for the show. We are somewhere in the neighborhood of 82 iTunes reviews, and I'm going to say about 450 Twitter followers. And when the Twitter hits 500, we're going to give away a Walking Dead hardcover. And when the iTunes reviews hits 100, we're going to give away a Walking Dead uh, hardcover. 
uh, and we're going to throw all the people who were involved in that into the pot to to uh, to pick our winner. So that'll be no, a good just, way to go ahead. I was just going to say for people who aren't, aren't familiar, that's 12 issues of the comic, right, in the hardcover? Yeah, the hardcovers are two of the trade paperbacks, and they're in a bigger, nicer format. So you get kind of like a bookshelf book with uh, – with double the issues that are in the trades, so it's a really it's a really nice book and present and prize and, and everything else. So if you'd like to be in the running, don't forget to follow at WDTV Podcast on Twitter for sure. And while we're talking about giveaways, uh, last week Harley Big Daddy was uh, lucky enough to win a Volume One trade paperback of The Walking Dead, and uh, we're going to do it again this week. Basically, the idea is I took a list of people that uh, mentioned on Twitter that they have not started reading, but they want to. And these are also people who had left us an iTunes review, and I compiled a cross-section list of those people. And this week it's going to be Jim, because Jordan, I believe, picked Harley Big Daddy. So uh, I didn't redo the list, Jim. So give me a number between 1 and 13, but do not pick number 3. 8. Eight is Valkyrie Kick. I'm gonna say I, I've we've I've spoken to him many times on Twitter. I think I pronounce it wrong every time. It's Valkyrie and then C I C at the end. Could be Valkyrie Chick, Valkyrie Kick, Valkyrie Sick. Uh, you are the winner of a Walking Dead trade paperback. Send me a direct send W D T V podcast a direct message on Twitter, and we will get that book out to you. Congratulations. We are the show that keeps on giving. Uh, all right, so the big stuff now. We were able to interview Mr. Norman Reedus. He's most famous for the Boondock Saints um, until The Walking Dead, of course, and uh, that has a huge cult following, that movie. We've mentioned the Norman Reedus fans on Twitter before and the uh, Boondock Bettys and all of these rabid fans who are really cool, and they definitely kind of migrated over to our show when he was announced to be on it and stuff, which is great. Just to give a little of the backstory, uh, Colleen, who is Bum Bum Girl on Twitter and has been following us from the beginning and she's a great contributor, she actually pointed me towards a lady by the name of Wendy Shepard, who is kind of the media agent for Norman Reedus and... Uh, was able to give me her contact information. I contacted Wendy. Wendy was awesome. She got right to Norman. He's a very cool guy, as you'll find out in a little while. He was all up for talking to us. Uh, we even had like a little bit of a scheduling issue last minute. I was able to get to Wendy via email. She answered me right back, cleared it up for us. Awesome. So we really want to thank Colleen. We really want to thank Wendy. And, of course, we want to thank... Uh, Mr. Reedus, and I was not able to be there until the very end of the interview, but you guys were both there. Do you want to say a couple words before we let that roll? Well, I just want to say that uh, he spoke to us as he was walking around Chinatown in New York, as you'll hear in the interview. Uh, you also hear uh, police sirens occasionally in the background and uh, you know sometimes uh, a little bit of crowd noise. Uh, he said his whole house was full of relatives for the holidays, so the only way he could get away to talk to us is by walking down the streets. So um, there, I just wanted to say that as a little preface before we run it. Yeah, it's it's the most action-packed interview we've had. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Chinese <true>. food, cops. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was really cool. It was really awesome to talk to him. Real laid back and uh, down earth guy. So really, really cool. Yeah, and like we said, we're really excited to be able to have this because 
he is um he has a very intense fan base and they were really psyched to have him on the show they uh they were up for Vatos when you know it was announced that that would be his first show and there was like a live internet chat thing which I think you guys get into in the interview where he was in the room with the fans while the show aired and stuff so really good stuff and we hope all of them uh you know in in thanks for following us in turn uh we, we hope that they enjoy this so I'm gonna let that roll now here is our interview with Norman Reedus All right, welcome to the brand new episode of Walking Dead TV Podcast. Uh, this is Jordan. I've got with me Brad, Jim, and we're joined tonight by a very special guest, Mr. Norman Reedus. So uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Reedus. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Brad, I think you had the first question, right? Uh, yeah, well, obviously for us, you know, being fans of The Walking Dead and the comic, uh, we wanted to know if you'd ever even heard of the comic before. Had you had any exposure to this story before, uh, before the TV show? I have, you know, um, there's uh, a lot of the Boondock State stuff started coming out in comic books. I started going to comic book, you know, comic book stores. There's one right next to a movie theater here in New York that I go to quite a bit. And um, I would see the artwork for The Walking Dead, and I love it, but I didn't really know how in depth the characters got and so forth. And I started getting into it once I got the job. It did, you know, and, and I, I got pretty far, but I started. I just decided not to follow up on it because the, the te- doing the television show is so much different than the comic book and it moves you know in and out of the storyline so much and it, it's kind of nice you know being on set and not knowing exactly what's about to happen three up in three episodes from now you know what i mean yeah we've talked about that a lot in fact uh all of us have read the book and that's why obviously we're big fans of it but you know i think all of us at one point have said i wish we haven't read this book because we you know a lot of times we'll spend the whole hour trying to guess what's going to happen next and you know i would personally sometimes would like to just be able to sit there and uh, and just be surprised yeah i was going to ask you guys since you know if you guys are really into the comic book how, what's it like to watch the show do you guys get pissed off or are you enjoying the different you know the different storyline oh i think we're really sure. enjoying it i mean it's kind of uh it's kind of a it's it's the familiar characters that we know from the comic, but it's definitely a divergent storyline. I think it's you know the best of both worlds really for us as fans. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I mean I know like Robert Kirkman is really into the idea that we're not staying strictly onto the comic book because I think it, I think it would be boring for people who I mean the comic book has such a, a large following. I think it'd be boring for them to know exactly what's about to happen. You know, or when it's about to happen. Of course. Now, Mr. Reedus, on the subject of, of the differences between the comic and the book, your character is a brand new character brought around just for the show. Uh, I'm always curious, as an actor, do you find it more liberating to be able to start from scratch, or would you have preferred a character to base yourself on from the book? I've never done a comic book character. I mean, um, a comic book character, I, I think, would be easier to portray than than a real person. You know what I mean? Real, real people... You know, there's so many critics about, you know, doesn't look like him. That's the first one you get, and, you know, so and so forth. But comic books, I think you can get a vibe of the comic book. You know, there's there's not a voice to imitate. There's not a manner in which they walk. or you know, There's just like, there's you know, there's just an energy from what's on the page and, you know, and the, the illustrations. So I, I would think a comic book would be kind of... They, they both would give you a lot, of, a lot of freedom to do what you think that, that comic book what you think that character would do, you know? 
Definitely, definitely. Absolutely. And um, something I wanted to ask you is, um, you've had, I mean, The Walking Dead has been a huge success. You've gotten a lot of ratings. You've gotten a lot of viewers. And in going against you on know, the normal trend or whatever, you've gotten even more viewers as the episodes have gone on. When did you start to realize that this was going to be as big as it was? You know, I, I, I remember going to Los Angeles. I live in New York, but going to L.A. for a pilot season. It's my first pilot season. And I read a bunch of pilots. And I was like, this is the only pilot that's awesome. And I would kill to get in this pilot. This is the it's it's so far it's so far ahead of all the other ones. And I knew that it would be a special thing, you know, especially with Frank and Gail and and I knew Greg Greg Nicotero was involved and I knew his work and I, I thought it would be really big while we were doing it, but I didn't expect it to be this big and, and I mean I, I get stopped like all the time now. It's funny because my, my son I picked him up from school today. I walked over to the West Village and got him and he was just beaming. And I said, what, what's up? Why, why are you smiling? He goes, some of the big eighth graders came up to me today, and they go, is your name Mingus? And he said, yeah. And they go, your dad's our favorite character on The Walking Dead. Tell him we love this character. And my son was just beaming. And I was like, well, that's a good day, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We have a couple of guys uh, that couldn't be, they're on our show, but they couldn't be here tonight. And uh, they wanted us to, to pass on their regrets. One of the guys, his name's Johnny M., he turned me on to... Uh, your boondock saints movie and honestly i only watched it last night for the first time ever and uh, again honestly the only reason i watched it is because we were going to talk to you tonight and now i'm kicking myself for not ever having watched this movie before because i really really enjoyed it yeah that that's an interesting story you know that movie didn't come go to theaters because of the columbine shooting and you know we have trench coats and shotguns and the whole thing and just the timing of it nobody would touch that film after that and, you know, the idea was, you know, we're going to sit on it for a year or keep running with it. And, you know, the producers at that time just went for the money and just sent it straight to video. So, you know, we all kind of got boned on that one. But that's, it's interesting because that one sort of became like the people's movie. It was just, you know, passed on to some friend to friend and became this big cult hit. So, you know, as much as much as I get stopped for Boondock Saints, I'm starting to get stopped for Walking Dead. So... Well, talking about uh, the Boondock Saints and also your character in The Walking Dead, something I've always wondered, especially with your character Daryl, did you have to do any um, like special weapons training or anything with the crossbow or with the weapons that you use in the show, or is that just done with uh, with effects? Well, I, I mean, they did really good prop guys with all the guns, and, you know, pickaxes and swinging around and stuff. So. The stunt guys are really good on that, and the special effects, you know, the weapons guys are really good. But a lot of the, uh, whenever you shoot the crossbow, you have to dry fire. You can't shoot it because it's, you know, that hurts. So, you know, they, they taught me how to shoot it, you know, the proper way to, to use it and run with it and everything else. But, you know, you, you can't you can't shoot arrows on the side. They, they all flip. <laughs> I know that uh, every time I pulled up a new episode, I always wondered... In what manner was Daryl going to dispose of a zombie this episode? And uh, I got to say, in the final, in the finale, you uh, you got zombie kill of the week for the axe swing. Right? Wasn't that cool? They, they gave me two, and I had them, I had them in a, I had them one in each hand, and I was going to just watch out, watch out, with, with, you know, one hand and whack them. And I was like, you know what? Let's put it together and let's do a baseball swing and just chop the head off. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I was, I'm trying to come up with new ways to kill people. Also in that last episode, I, I came up with the shoot the crossbow, use the crossbow as a prop, put the shotgun on the crossbow, shoot the shotgun. And so I was kind of having fun with those weapons. I guess. 
do they give you a lot of freedom as the actors to, to do the action stuff like that? Or is it, or is it most of the time it's pretty scripted out? No, they give us, they give us a lot of freedom. You know, they, they're really cool about working with the actors and, you know, the, the energy on set is, is what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? So I think all the actors, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for everybody. I think everybody feels like they have a lot, a lot of creativity and a lot of freedom and it, you know, it makes it for a lot of fun. And I, the enthusiasm on set is, it's so high. Everyone really loves what we're doing. So they, they kind of, you know, if it's a certain shot, like, you know, an arrow has to hit them between the eyes and it's got to stick in the wall behind them. Like, you know, they're, they're pretty specific bits of special effects. Right. Definitely. Uh, one question we, we thought up when we were, when we were uh, getting together earlier today was uh, you play the brother of Michael Rooker's character in the show, but you never actually are on screen at the same time. Did you get to meet Mr. Rooker uh, behind the scenes and work with him at all, or or were they shot at yeah. completely different times? Well, you know, I I, I came in and met met everybody literally right after I walked out of the woods and said, "Do you think we can cut off this part of the deer?" And I remember looking up at everybody and they were looking at me like I was just a total idiot. But right after that, you know, I met everybody. But they gave me uh, Michael's tapes from before so I could just sort of listen to his voice and just sort of, you know, see see what he was about. Uh, I remember when they told me Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker was playing my brother, yeah, Henry's Portrait of a Serial Killer is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I was just so over the moon that I was little little Rooker. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I got to hang with him while we were doing, uh, you know, the third episode, and actually, he's become a, a good friend of mine. I'm, I'm super happy I know him. Cool. That's very cool. Um, you know, we've touched on the fact that Daryl is not in the comic. Um, I think, if memory serves, I read a, uh, an, a an interview where Robert Kirkman said that uh, Daryl is one of his favorite characters, and he really wishes he had put him in the book. And um, I know you probably have heard several people say, and and you know, obviously, from reading the book, that anything, absolutely anything, can happen in this book. And this, yeah. that is just a nice way of saying just because you're a main character doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be around a while. But yeah, uh, I've heard I've heard Robert joking that he's going to kill Andy off. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a total joke, I'm sure. You know, he's the bread and butter of the, of the he's a meat that holds us together. But the um, it, it, you know, at Comic Con in New York, they sort of hinted that it's possible possible I might be in the comic book coming up. But um, I just I got my fingers crossed. I'd love that. That'd be such a dream. That really would be cool to to see Daryl uh, in the in the book. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's been times in the comic when when we've n- not been really hundred percent sure that Rick was going to make it to the next page. Yeah, yeah. I, I like how they do that. You know, it's like I, I like how, I like how how they keep you on your toes with everything. You know, you know, with Emma going out right away. She's such a lovable girl and such a lovable character, and you know. I mean, as much as I hate to see her go, it's interesting to see, like, anybody can go at any minute. I think it really keeps people on their toes, and, you know, it really looks like Shane's about to shoot him in the woods when that happens, and I know how how Shane goes out in the comic book, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's super interesting, and it keeps us all on our toes when we get a script. I think everyone flips through it really quick to see if they die first. We kind of have a joke on set. There's a, you know, there's a zombie school in Atlanta. We have a, a joke on set that if you get an email saying, check out www.zombieschool.com, you're probably on your way out. <laughs> we understand that you are, you are, like to do a lot of fan outreach to your, uh, your, friend, your, uh, your fans on Twitter and, and uh, things like that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the live uh, chat room you're in during your debut on Vatos and uh, your reaction to your, uh, your on-screen uh, debut there? That was crazy. That that screen was just a constant 
dream roll down. I was, I was struggling to read as fast as I could, but it was literally impossible to just read one line without having to pause the page. It, it was, I, I was blown away by, by the amount of people that wrote in and are loving the show. It, it feels really good. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of something like this. And, you know, when people reach out and they tell me they like it, I, it just it puts a huge smile on my face and just makes me want to work harder. than one thing we talked about with uh, with Irony Singleton when, when we had him on the show was uh, Shane's pants. Do you have any comments about the fact that Shane pulls his pants up way too high in the show? You know, I, I, I heard that. Um, you know, Shane's a good-looking dude. You know, John Bertolt's a good dude. He's a good-looking guy. He can probably get away with it, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I wear squirrels around my neck. What am I going to tell you? You know what I mean? <laughs> If you're talking about fashion, I don't think Daryl has too much to say about the fashion stuff. But, you know, John, John's a good-looking dude. He can do whatever he wants. You know, I, and I, I kind of, you know, if you wear certain boots, you walk a certain way. If you wear your pants a certain way, you walk a certain way. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's a choice. You know what I'm saying? True. Good point. Norman, uh, do you have any information about season two? Like, have you been contacted, hey, we want you to stick around for season two? Or do you know when it's going to start shooting or anything like that? Uh, you know, I've heard some rumors when it's going to start shooting. I'm not, I'm not totally positive. If, you know, I, I couldn't tell you for sure when we're going to start. Um, um, I, I don't know. I, I wish I knew. I, I, I'm about to just get on a plane and go there and wait for everybody to show up because I kind of miss everybody. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Why do you think Merle cut through his hand instead of... Not the handcuffs, but like one of the pipes that the handcuffs were on. You know, I've heard that. And I've, I've heard, why didn't he cut his thumb off and just slip his hand through? But I don't know. It's, uh, I, I don't think it's as, uh, as gruesome to just see a finger there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Daryl would have flipped out and screamed like a baby if, uh, if it was just a finger. It's funny because I heard, I heard that Michael wanted to, uh, leave the hand with, like, the middle finger up waiting for everyone to come back. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a very Merle thing to do. It's a very Rucker thing to do, is what that is. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, like since you, since a lot of, uh, since everything for second season is up in the air right now, where would, what would you like to see happen uh, to Daryl in the next season? Where would you like to see his character go? You know, the, it, it's interesting, you know, around the, around the, end of the fourth episode, fifth episode, like, there became like this little trifecta. Like, when, when something would go down in the camp and we were shooting a scene, uh, both Rick and Shane would look to Daryl and Daryl would look at them. There was like this interesting triangle of, of uh, okay, you ready? Okay, you ready? This is what we're going to do. You know, they were looking at me. I, you know, I guess it just came naturally because it wasn't really scripted like that, but... but it, you know, it sort of came naturally that they're sort of, you know, allowing Daryl to, you know, not be such of an outsider. And, you know, if you think about it, like, you, you got a you got a kid like Daryl who grows up with an older brother like Michael, uh, or with Merle, I mean, like, they, the kid's got to have a major chip on his shoulder. He's probably always trying to be just like his big brother. His big brother's bigger than him, so he's got to try to be as tough as him. He's probably been slapped around a billion times, you know, you know, when I got there, I wanted to just add a bunch of tattoos because, you know, it's like little dogs that bark loud, you know. So I was, you know, trying to trying to make it seem like I'm, you know, as tough as possible to everybody who's looking. But, the, uh, I don't know. You know, I, th- I think there's something about Daryl that he's, you know, he, he wants to fit in a little bit. You know, like, 
if, you know, I, I imagine just Merle and Daryl were all by themselves, you know, even before this went down. So, you know, maybe maybe he's sort of finding a family. Maybe he's getting, you know, a bit accepted. Maybe he's going to take on some more leader-type roles. And, you know, I know, you know, whoever's holding the gun in a situation like this probably has the most power. And since there's three of us holding the gun, maybe there's a little bit of equal power. But, you know, so far what we've been doing is Daryl's been, you know, even going out there looking for Merle. It's like, let's go look for Merle. Let's look for the van. No, let's look for the van first. You know, and I'm like, okay, let's do that. It's not really my say. You know, but then again, when we find the hand, I'm the first one walking off looking. So maybe he'll have a little bit more of a, a leadership role. Maybe he'll have a little broke back mountain love with Glenn or something. I don't know. <laughs> As we move on into season two, what do you think Merle's reaction will be? Or what? how do you think Merle's going to react once he and and Daryl meet back up? Is it going to be a peaceful reunion or do you think things could get pretty hairy pretty quick? Well, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> you know, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, it, it's not, Mer- it's not Daryl's fault. Merle was left up there. And it was, you know, and it's Merle looking for Daryl. So it's not like he's betrayed Merle, but I think, you know, when, Dar- when Merle comes back pissed, there's going to be a part of Daryl that's one that wants to protect these people because he's, 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 you know, he has a soft spot for these people too. So I think Merle and Daryl are gonna probably—I don't know, man. I, I'm not even—I'm not even sure. They're either gonna duke it out, or one's gonna go one way, two are gonna walk this way. I, I'm not sure what's gonna go down, but I think it'll be pretty hairy. That wouldn't be a very fair fight if they were to duke it out now. You with two hands, and Merle with one. <laughs> He's a big dude. I don't know, man. He probably kicked me to death. Hey, Norman. We added uh-huh. another one of our cast. His name is John. Say hi, John. Hi, I'm I'm sorry, I had it muted. Uh, John wanted to be here. Uh, he was the one that helped us set up our, our time with you, and we and we appreciate his efforts and and you're doing this. But uh, I just wanted to oh, cool. at, at least let John say, be able to say hi to you. Hey, John. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm just I'm walking around Chinatown and freezing New York right now. You, you're the best, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the guys have covered, and I don't want to repeat anything, but I just wanted to tell you that. You have the coolest hardcore fan base that totally found us on Twitter and followed you over to the Walking Dead TV show and then, you know, adopted our podcast, and they've just been really awesome. No, I have, I have the best legion of boondock buddies and fans and bitches and people, and they're all awesome, and they've all, always been super cool to me. I say bitches because there's a boondock bitches brigade. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I got to really throw a shout out to all the people that have been supporting me and stuff on Twitter and all those thingy thingies because they've all been really, really awesome. There's been a few psychos, but 99.99% of them have been just insanely great. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Mr. Reese. I hope you get some, like, uh, some nice hot and sour soup there in Chinatown to warm you up. Happy holidays, too, man. Yeah, happy holidays, guys. Thank you, sir. We're looking forward to next year. Uh, you guys are cool. Me too, man. I'm ready right now. I've come to play. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, sir, and uh, have a good have a good holiday. Yeah, you too, guys. Good night. All right. Good night. Okay, so once again, we cannot thank uh, Mr. Reedus enough and uh, Wendy Shepard and Colleen for helping us set that up. Uh, that was really cool. I mean, he's just like a regular. You know what? You know what came. Uh, what I was thinking of, he he sounds like every part that he plays. 
You know, like just kind of like wild man flying by the seat of his pants, having a lot of fun with life, and uh, and, and you know, it comes through that that's really the the person that he is. He was pretty thoughtful too, though. I mean, when we asked him about where he thought his character might be going in the next season, he actually had a lot to. He had a lot of thought behind that. He had really thought about where uh, Daryl would be headed in his relation to his brother and everything else. So I thought that was cool uh, too. That he really like got in depth and in, like into the character of Daryl. Yeah, hopefully this will lead to you know giant things for him or more giant things for him. I should say. Uh, I mean, hopefully he's on The Walking Dead for a long time, and I don't know how much time that allows him for other projects but uh hopefully this will make him even you know a bigger name than he is now i also liked how he talked about how they were able to ad-lib some of the zombie attacks uh, especially the one at the end of ts19 where he uh, talked about whipping the axe out and hey as i'm running by why don't i just do this and it, it ended up in the show so yeah that stuff is like fascinating to me um you know obviously we don't want to take too much of these of the people's time that we get to interview. I mean, but there's a million questions you could ask about all that stuff. And that's the kind of stuff I love on like DVD commentaries, which you don't get enough of, you know, the, the actor just sitting there on a commentary and, and explaining, you know, how things went down. Absolutely. Okay. So once again, we'll be back next week for our final weekly show. We will wrap up season one. We'll wrap up TS 19. We're going to get to all of your voicemails and emails and uh, any tweets that you might have left, and we will let you all know how the off-season is going to go and what we have planned. Again, please stay subscribed during the off-season. It helps, you know, with our iTunes numbers and stuff that we still have uh, a lot of people subscribed, and we have a lot of these interviews uh, on the horizon, hopefully. we, Like I said, we, we got some great contacts, and we're hoping to have more of them. So hang in there with us in the off-season, and you might get some cool surprises along the way. Plus, we'll have more giveaways, more features, uh, and a lot of other cool surprises uh, coming, coming down the pike. So, like John said, keep the feed going. I guess to wrap things up, once again, we'll tell you that our voicemail is 516-468-7912. Leave us a voicemail about TS-19 or Season 1 in general or anything else you might want to say or ask. We have the email, which is comments at walkingdeadtv.com. You can, of course, find us at the forumforgeeks.com. It's forum, F-O-R, geeks.com. We have the Walking Dead Network there where you can find forums for many Walking Dead uh, podcasts as well as ours. There are forums for everything geek, you know, TV, video games, movies, music, sports, anything that you can obsess about we have at the Forum for Geeks, so please check that out. And I got a question on Twitter today. Someone was saying, hey, I love talking about the show, but I'd also like to talk about the Walking Dead comic. Is there a place to do that on Forum for Geeks? Yes, there is. If you scroll down pretty much right below the Walking Dead podcast network, you'll have the comics forum. And there's a Walking Dead comic thread right there where you can discuss the books as you read them with the books you get from uh, DCB service. Yeah, I think there's actually a spoiler one and a non-spoiler one because some people don't like to accidentally read about an issue that they might not have gotten to yet. But uh, but there are definitely both types of discussions there on the books. So that's it for episode 14. We hope you enjoyed all of the festivities and the interview. And I am going to now hand this for Jordan for the big finale. No pressure. <laughs> well, we just want to say that until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, there are various degrees of evil.
we urge you to lesser forms of filth, not to push the bounds and cross over into true corruption, into our domain. For if you do, one day you will look behind you and you will see we three, and on that day you will reap it, and we will send you to whatever god you wish. Have a good week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>